0: Shalom, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on our Supernatural Friday podcast. So glad you joined us. I pray you've had a blessed week. Well, we have an amazing testimony today of a man that was declared dead. And the family waited two days for the minister to come and pray for him. We will hear the resurrection story today. What a great story. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. But shalom everybody. We enter into the rest of the Lord. I pray you've had a good week and enjoyed our podcast this week. We have found a phenomenal testimony of a man that had been dead for several days. They they just had him on tubes and life support and they were waiting for the minister to come and pray. And they waited 2 days and then the story happens. God shows up. Listen to this testimony and be blessed today.
1: Hi, I'm Nelson Alvarez, and I want to tell you a story about a man who was declared dead two days before I arrived to the hospital to pray for him. So I remember receiving a phone call from a friend of mine who his neighbor, uh, he had heard that his neighbor had been in the hospital because he had overdosed on drugs and was put into a coma. Apparently, he was put into a coma for over two weeks. And by the time that my friend had heard about it, Um, They had already said that he was completely dead. All his organs had inflamed, his brain had inflamed, every organ in his body was inflamed, and the doctors pretty much had said there was nothing that they can do. The family uh, was supposed to go that specific day to pull the plug on him when my friend told him, uh, told the family to hold on. Hold on and allow us, me and my friends, to go and pray for the man because since the doctors can do nothing else, might as well give Jesus an opportunity to try something. And the family, by faith, waited two days from that day where they were supposed to pull the plug for us to be able to have the time to go and arrive to that hospital. Now, this was May 28th, 2016. We went to Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, me and my friends, and we all got in a car together. We drove downtown to to Philadelphia. Then we began to walk towards uh, the the hospital. We started walking towards Jefferson Hospital uh, in the streets of Philly. And when we arrived, by the time we got in to the room, we walked in and we saw Gerald, which was his name. And he had tubes down his throat, uh, just all the machines and all these different things. And the only thing that had kept him alive for those two days was the machines. Because they had said that every organ was pretty much inflamed and there was no way that they can pretty much bring him back to life. And even if they did, the man was completely brain dead at that point as well. And uh, me and my friends, we went into that room. And first thing we said is, let's worship. We began to put some worship music on. We began to worship the Lord in that room as the presence of God began to stir. The glory of God began to descend into the room. And I remember standing right next to Gerald. And as I stood next to him, I looked at him and the presence of God was so strong. And I said, Gerald, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to wake up right now. And I, I've i we all freaked out because as soon as we said, Gerald, in the name of Jesus, wake up instantly, his eyes had opened. And he woke up and we all like freaked out. We was like, what just happened? <laughs> we didn't know if this was real. Did he, was he really dead? I mean, it was incredible. The power of God just immediately woke that man up and he began to look around in the room and tears began to just stream down his face. As soon as he woke up, just tears began to fill his eyes. And and uh, we began to prophesy over him. We began to preach the gospel to him. And of course he couldn't respond. He had tubes down his throat, but he was just weeping and looking at us as, as we were prophesying over him and preaching the gospel to him. And uh, then he began to get unsettled and he was trying to take the things off. And that's when the machines began to alert the doctors. They all rushed into the room and pretty much kicked us out. Well, that's our side of the story. And then later on, three days later, Gerald was completely released and He was totally healed. All of his organs were completely healed. He was completely cognitive. And then he tells my friend his side of the story. And when he was in that state, whether it was a coma, whether he was dead, he had already been before the Lord and he had already seen his judgment. And he said that when he was there before God and he had saw that he was on it, God had already sentenced, he was already going to hell. And he began to weep and scream and say, Jesus, give me another chance. Give me another chance. Jesus, give me another chance. He said that Jesus had turned away from his his face from him. But then suddenly Jesus turned at him and said, go back. And it just so happens that the very moment Jesus turned his face and looked at him and said, go back was the exact moment when I was standing in front of him and said, wake up. I mean, it was an incredible miracle that God did. That man right now, he is now uh, completely free from all drug addiction. He has spoken. He now speaks to drug addicts and God did such an incredible work in his life. But one of the things I want to share with you about that story is what would have happened if I didn't go? What would have happened if we didn't answer that call? What would have happened if the family pulled the plug that same day and didn't hear my friend plead with them to give him more time? Where would he have ended up? And what if I didn't believe enough to go? You see, friends, the world is needing us to believe what we say we believe. People are desperately waiting for us to answer the call to say yes for the sake of their lives. Jesus, I'm sure, wanted that man to live. But what if there was no one to say yes? The Bible says that God searches the earth to and fro, looking for someone whom he can show himself great through. And he's looking to answer somebody's prayer. But the answer is you. And by the grace of God, we got to be the answer that day. And we said yes. And we showed up into that hospital and we saw Gerald wake up and come back to life. And God did such an extraordinary miracle. And I believe that the Lord right now, what He is saying to you is, would you be willing to say yes? Would you be willing to be that sign and wonder? All of the earth, the earnest expectation of the earth is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. That we would say yes, believe, heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. This is the normal. This is what God is inviting us into. Another thing that God has been doing extraordinarily is there's a wave of God where God is wanting to unveil heaven to us. See, Gerald was rejected from going to heaven because he had not repented of his sin until we raised him from the dead and God spared him. And now he serves the Lord. But God wants us who are born again to actually be able to ascend and see heaven for ourselves as well. I want to share a story with you about a time that God had taken me to heaven. And one of the things that I try to tell people is that these encounters are not without purpose. Every encounter is with purpose. And one of the things that we've been seeing is God has been causing people to ascend to heaven. And the reason is, is God has assignments for us that can only be fulfilled from heaven. You know, there's things that can be fulfilled on earth. And I just shared one with you is going to raise the dead. But there are other assignments that must be fulfilled from heaven. And in this realm of intercession, I was in my room one day. I entered this realm of intercession. And suddenly, as I was praying, I saw myself in the third heaven and I saw myself sitting right next to the Father. You know, the Bible says we've been seated together with Christ in heavenly places. We were raised up together with Him as Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. And we are in Christ at the right hand of the Father. So I had entered this realm of prayer and ascended. And I saw myself right next to the father and the father was sitting next to me and the Lord had uh, brought a fleet of angels to stand in front of me. We were in the throne room and suddenly all these angels began to line up just row by row, just they just appeared. And as we were there, the Lord said to me, son, I want you to prophesy from here so that I can release this message across the city of Philadelphia. Now, at the time I had not understand biblically how this could be possible until after the encounter, I had read the book of Revelation and I realized that in the book of Revelations, chapters two to three, John was in heaven, given a prophecy to the church in a region. And he said to the angel of the church of Thyatira, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, say these things. (laughs) So I found myself in heaven addressing the angels to give a prophecy to the church within the region. So anyways, I'm in heaven. I begin to release this prophecy. And the word was that God is releasing new wineskins in this hour so that we can sustain the next move of God in the new for the new wine that's coming. And I remember prophesying this word in heaven. It's a lot more detailed, but that's what I said. And as I prophesied from the throne room, these scrolls began to appear in each of the angels hands. It was a whole fleet of angels and scrolls began to appear and each of them had a scroll as if they were given this message to distribute amongst leaders in the body of Christ in the city of Philadelphia. And as I gave that word, suddenly heaven opened under them. And almost like, you know, when uh, military people are jumping off of a plane, They all descended and I began to go with them in their descent. And I came out of the throne. It was as if I followed them through and they all descended and began to soar into the city of Philadelphia. When suddenly in that descent, we hit this, this wall, this barrier. And I had known in my spirit that's what is this? When we hit this wall, that there was a war that just had occurred. As you can read in the book of Daniel, when Gabriel came with a message for Daniel, he had reached and had a confrontation with the prince of Persia. Well, I felt like we had confronted a principality in the region. So then I turned to look within this encounter. And when I turned and looked, I began to see a war breaking out amongst the angels that had just been released to go into the city. And they were all fighting with swords against these demons And I said, Lord, what do I do? And then the Lord said to me, son, help them out, help them. And I was like, well, how do I help them? (laughs) He said, do what you know to do. I said, "Okay." And so I began to quote out of the book of Colossians, where it says that having nailed the requirements of the law, Jesus disarmed principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them. So I began to quote that scripture from that realm, and I said, I put the cross of Christ at the forefront of this battlefield, and I disarm all of these principalities and powers. As they were warring, suddenly it's as if the swords and the, the, the weaponry of the of these demons in that realm began to just come off of their hand because a cross had appeared in the middle of the air in that in that battlefield. The cross appeared and like a magnet, it began to take all of the weapons out of them. So I remember seeing the demon go like this and, the, and, the, and the, whatever he was swinging with just slid right out of his hand as this cross that was like a magnet took all the weapons away from them. And then the Lord said, now chain them up. And I said, I bind every one of these spirits in chains of fire right now. And suddenly chains of fire began to appear and tightened up and locked all of these demons. And then after that, I said, all right, angels, go ahead and do your thing. And all of the angels began to have a blast and started chopping their heads off. I mean, it was pretty gory, but it was a full on warfare in the heavenlies. And uh, the demons got totally obliterated and then a breakthrough happened and the angels were able to go and release their word. And that's when I came back to my body and I had not realized that I had been praying for three hours straight sweating profusely when I had ascended into that encounter. It only felt like about 15 to 20 minutes when I was up there. But then when I came down, it had been three full hours and my body was covered in sweat. Because when we enter the realms of prayer, when we enter the realms of intercession, we enter the realms of God, we ascend into heaven and we are outside of time. And I think of the same thing with Gerald. When was it in his time, outside of time, that Jesus turned and looked? And how is it that at the same time I said, wake up, (laughs) Jesus said, go back. Friends, the realms of heaven are unique. Heaven is unique. Living outside of time is unique. And what God wants us to do is to tap into heaven's timeline, to tap into the realms of the spirit, to actually live from heaven on earth. And friends, you can live a life that is in direct alignment with heaven and earth at the same exact time. That's a supernatural story I wanted to share with you, and God bless you.
0: What an amazing story. I hope that so encouraged you. Father, I pray that everybody heard this story would have faith to believe that they too can walk in this power. You said, Lord that we will heal the sick and raise the dead. I release a resurrection power to everybody listening to this podcast today. May they be encouraged and strengthened in this hour to see the supernatural power of God manifest in their lives and everything that they go after. In the name of Yeshua, amen and amen. God bless you. you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.